Wendy's two for six dollars lets you mix and match some of our best items, like <gasps> Dave Single with a ten-piece crispy nugs, medium strawberry lemonade with a spicy chicken sandwich, spicy chicken with a Dave Single, Dave Single with a strawberry lemonade, strawberry lemonade, strawberry lemonade. If you're into that, chicken Sam, crispy nugs, crispy nugs, strawberry lemonade, Dave's, Dave's nugs, nugs, Sam, Sam. Whew. Pick what you want at a price you want. <clears throat> Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's two for six. For a limited time, price of participation may vary at U.S. Wendy's on the card only. Single item at regular price. Wake up, Lincoln. Come on, it's six o'clock. Rise and shine. Rise and shine. It's time for early break with Sip and Jake. Brought to you by Gaina Trucking. Live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Here's 93.7 at tickets, Jake Sorensen. Did seem kind of meh. And Steve Sipple. Surprisingly good. This is Early Break with Sip and Jake. Sponsored by Gaina Trucking. Welcome back to Hour 2 on a Friday. Steve Sipple, Jake Sorensen, early break, fun show so far. Check out the podcast at theticketfm.com. You can always call or text the show at 402-464-5685. Watch and comment on Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, and Twitter. The show is sponsored, as always, by Gaina Trucking. We have a very special guest on the show to begin the 7 o'clock hour. It's one of our favorites here. Barry Trammell of the Oklahoman joins us, and Barry is in town for Nebraska-Oklahoma tomorrow. There's a bigger story in Lincoln, though. We'll get to the we'll get to the game in a second. But I'm curious, Barry. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. But Nebraska obviously lets go of Scott Frost on Sunday. Mickey Joseph is the interim head coach. I want to ask you a general question. How shocked are you that Scott Frost did not work out for Nebraska's head coach, Barry? Oh, I'm shocked he lost to the extent that he did. I mean, if you look at that record, it's sort of unfathomable. I mean, when he's 16 and 31, I mean, that's just, yeah. I mean, for Nebraska to sink to that depth is really not, no one down here understands how that could happen. Uh, I've tried to explain the factors that have, you did, have create, that have created Nebraska's side, but 16 and 31. And I, I looked it up. Since Scott Frost got hired, there's only four schools in the Power Five with a worse record. And it's it's Rutgers, Kansas, Arizona, and somebody. I can't I remember. Vandy. Vandy. Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Yeah. So there you go. So yeah. it's just, you know, how does that happen? I don't know. I mean, I can understand Nebraska not going 10-3 and three every year, but nobody can understand how they could how they could be in the same club with Vanderbilt and, and Rutgers. So. Um, it's it's a mystery. Uh, Scott Frost clearly had the pedigree in terms of you know, he's thirteen and zero at UCF and was on great Oregon staffs and and all those things. So there was no there were no red flags, and he's not unknown. Everybody in Nebraska knew him. So uh, it it was a stunner to us. Barry Trammell joins us of the Oklahoma. And I hate to do this to Barry, but we're honored to to be joined by Barry Trammell, one of the absolute best sports writers in the country. And you did in a column, you know, you, you explained why Nebraska perhaps has fallen. You talked about resources. You also talked about geography. And I'd like you to touch on that part. Cause it's something that Barry, it doesn't come up very often here, but you would say that Oklahoma 
as an institution is better positioned on the U.S. map than Nebraska. Why? Why? Why do you think that? Oh yeah, I mean Oklahoma's always had a had a recruiting advantage over Nebraska just because you know we're we're just sitting there landlocked with Texas. Um, you know you can you can we've got I don't know how many miles of border with the state of Texas four hundred. Mm-hmm. 150. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we're all we're really just sort of a another section of, of Texas in, in geography, and um, and Nebraska is not. Nebraska has always had to go all over for its players. Uh, Texas maybe more so in the Big Twelve era, but in the old days, California, Florida, New Jersey, all over the Midwest. But what's also happened that's nobody's fault is in the last 40 years the U.S. population is moving south. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Florida and not just Florida and Texas getting bigger, but, I mean, I don't know if anybody follows. The state of Georgia is booming. Mm-hmm. Georgia is the number four producer of major college football players. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just a runaway mine train. Atlanta, you know, has got seven million people in greater Atlanta. Jeez. So um, so all this is happening. It's Alabama, ten, uh, Alabama Mississippi, uh um, Louisiana, they're all producing far more college football blue chippers than they used to. And that makes it harder for Nebraska uh, to try to get down there. And, and then and tied in with that is on the resources. You know, 40 years ago, like in the Big Eight, there were really only two schools with a lot of money to, to spend on football, and that was OU and Nebraska. And each conference had a couple that could do that. Well, then when the big TV money came in, mm-hmm. everybody started getting a bigger piece of the pie. Now everybody's got uh, facilities and resources. Now, Nebraska still has some things that most people don't have, but Nebraska is not, is not, the, uh, it's not the upper class in terms of finances anymore. Nebraska has all the financial resources it always has, but so does everybody else. So you go to a place like Stillwater, and they got unbelievable facilities. Mm-hmm. You go to a place like Starkville, Mississippi. They got great facilities. Mm-hmm. You go, you know, you go to a place like Purdue. Know, Purdue, Clemson, South Carolina's got the best in the world. Yeah. So Nebraska's advantages have sort of have sort of disappeared. Yes, yeah, interesting. Barry Trammell of the the Oklahoman joins us. Barry, have you given any thought at all to what Nebraska should do for this head coaching vacancy? Do you, what do you think they're capable of getting? Is there any? Do you have any names in mind? I think there's a guy that's perfect. If you can get him, mm-hmm. he's actually currently employed, and if he becomes unemployed, it all depends on the roulette wheel. But he's the guy I had number one on OU's list last year. Oh boy, who's this? Uh, when, when Lincoln Riley last, and that's Matt Rule. Okay, you did. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Matt Rule is the real deal. What he did at Baylor, and uh, I saw that coming. The day I met him at Big 12 Media Days, and I think it was 2017. Uh, it might have been 2016. I can't remember. But anyway, I walk, uh, it was 2017. He was three years at Baylor. Okay. I walk in there. I met him off to the side, and I thought, holy crap, this guy's unbelievable. Why? Now, he's first of all, he's a great football guy. The New York Giants loved him back when they knew what they were doing as an organization. <laughs> he's a Penn, he's a Penn State guy. grew up uh, grew up in State College uh, from eighth grade on, I think it was. Okay, and went to Penn State, uh, so had good pedigree there, football wise. And 
Um, and then what he did at Baylor, I mean, that was a that was a dumpster fire in Waco after Art Briles, and they cleaned house, and uh, everybody was mad at each other, and it was just a total mess. He went one and eleven his first year, and two years later he had him in the Big Twelve Championship game, and dang near beat Oklahoma, and then went to the Sugar Bowl. So he he's he's big time. His personality is is contagious. He's just a fabulous coach. Now. He loves the NFL for some reason, and that's where he wanted to go. Apparently, it's not working out in Carolina. He doesn't have a quarterback. Sorry, Baker Mayfield, but he doesn't have a quarterback, and that's the death knell for a coach. I tend to think he's going to get fired. Um, I think he'll land back on the college scene, and just depends on what jobs are available. I, I assume he wants to be the head coach of Penn State, is what hmm. I assume he wants. But not not open. That. Not available, but, yeah. But James Franklin's not going anywhere that I know of. So if he's available and Nebraska could get him, he would be a home run. After that, I don't know. You know, I, I've always thought Brett Belima was a great candidate for okay. a perfect fit for for um, Nebraska. I don't know if, if the Big Ten is the pirate ship that the SEC is. You know, the SEC doesn't care. You know, they go grab somebody's head coach or athletic director or anything else without even thinking about it. I don't know if there's any kind of gentleman's agreement, a Big Ten, where, hey, we don't do that here. I don't know. But uh, I've always liked Bavima. Um Matt Campbell would be fantastic. He'd be unbelievable. He ranks up there close with Matt Rule, in my mind. Why is that, Barry? Why is that? Oh, well, first of all, he's a super guy, just really engaging with people. But I'm just going on his track record. You guys are close enough. You ought to be able to know what what he's done at Iowa State. He's mm-hmm. turned them into a legitimate place. Um, six straight winning seasons, a uh, Big Twelve championship game. Um, you know, this year total rebuild. They lost all his stars. He's got them two and zero. They beat Iowa. It wasn't the greatest form of football in the history of the world, but they beat Iowa. So he's got he's he's built a program at Iowa. Um, he's actually there's a chance he's Bill Snyder at. Uh, at Iowa State in terms of a guy that just found a place he wants to stay and wants to just grind away. But if Nebraska can get him, that would be a, an unbelievable hire as well. So that that would probably be my big three. I, I keep it right there, Barry. I'm curious in terms of those those three are pretty good names there that are would be good candidates here. But how, how attractive is this job right now nationally for Nebraska? Oh, it's not near what it was. It's pretty far down. Um Matt Rule would hope for a better one, um, but it's better than Illinois, and it's better, I suppose. You, you can win bigger at Nebraska than you can at Iowa State, but it's a it's a sign of Nebraska's sort of slide that I don't know if you can detect, but there's a little hesitancy in my voice. Yeah, I hear you. It. Might be, you might be better off at Iowa State than Nebraska if you're a football coach. Got it going well. Barry. For this reason, for this reason, let me tell you why. You're not going to make as much money. You're not going to become as high profile if you succeed. But your access to the college football playoff is greater at Iowa State than at Nebraska. With a new 12-team format, um, every conference virtually is guaranteed a spot. Here in two years or so, the Big 12 is going to be wide open. Who's going to, who's going to be the dominant force in the Big 12? It's the ultimate parity league with Oklahoma State and Baylor and Kansas State and Iowa State and Brigham Young and Cincinnati. I mean, you literally could – it's there for the taking. Uh, whereas at the Big Ten, 
you've always got Ohio State. You always got Michigan. You always have uh, Penn State, and then you've also got Wisconsin and Iowa and whoever else that have elevated their program. Michigan State. So I think that's a, that's a consideration. And plus, here's the thing: uh, Matt Campbell is a made man. He literally, there's nothing he can do to lose his job in Iowa, uh, at Iowa State. Um, Nebraska's become a, uh, it's become a treadmill where they just chew out and chew up and spit out coaches. Barry Trammell joins us and he's talking a lot of sense here. It's interesting. Now make sense of this, Barry. My co-host here, Jake, is playing golf with guys from Oklahoma who are worried about Nebraska winning. We're hearing Nebraska fans saying, hey, I think we got a shot here against a six-ranked team in the country. Make sense of that. What, how does this game stack up in your mind? Why are Oklahoma fans so concerned about this game? Well, I would be concerned about this game. You know, I, I looked at our staff picks, and everybody picked OU to win. I'm the only guy that picked under double digits. Is that right? And I told I told everybody I said, uh, and I think the last line I saw was fourteen and a half. I say, what has Nebraska done in the last two years to make anybody think this is going to be a blowout? They don't play blowouts. Yeah, that's true. They play everybody close. And here's the truth. And this was Scott Trump, Scott Frost really pushed this my theory on this one. I don't know if he may have he may have killed the theory, but I believe that in close games things even out. You know, you play your share of close games, at the end of the day, you're going to finish 500. Now, certainly did not for Scott Frost. It certainly was a case of he just kept losing the close games. Sort of like, you know, OU last year kept winning the close games. They played, I think it was seven one position, one possession games. They went six and one. Those teams last year were actually pretty close in terms of how they played all year. One team just lost all the close ones. Yeah. One team won all the close ones. Yeah, you won six ga- Yeah, Oklahoma won six games by seven points or fewer. Yeah, and then and lost to OSU by four, so six and one. So that that's a sign that those teams weren't that far apart. This Oklahoma team certainly doesn't look any better than that. last year's. I can't say what, what you guys think about Nebraska, but um, I think it's going to be close, and anything can happen in a close game. So... If if the Sooners win by one, I think they need to leave Lincoln extremely happy. Interesting, Barry. Wow. Yeah, uh, Barry. I'm curious about the the kind of the pulse of the fans in terms of Brent Venables, the head coach. Obviously, Lincoln Riley now back out at USC. What is right now the general thoughts? Only two games in, but what's the optimism level like for his tenure at Oklahoma? Oh, they think he's the greatest thing of all time, and maybe he is. I don't know. He was. I didn't, when I picked when I said I wanted Matt Rule. I, Venables was number two on my list. Okay. I I had, he was between the two mats. So he's clearly a great candidate. Um, and he's, he's a different personality. You know, Lincoln Riley was sort of uh, soft-spoken and reserved and um, not, not off-putting, but he wasn't a tent revival preacher. And, and Brent, Revi- Brent Venables sort of is. Gets everybody fired up, and just really emotional. So it's a honeymoon period, no doubt about it. Um, he's, uh, people think he's going to bring back the defense, which has been frankly pretty spotty over the last 10, 12 years. Um, so he's, he's got the people fully behind him. No doubt about that. You know, they had, they pulled in Nebraska. They had, they had 80,000 for their spring game. And that was, uh, you know, the stadium seats 83 or 84 these days. So 
virtually every seat was taken for the spring game. So it was a lot like the Scott Frost spring. Um, and I don't, I don't know if that's a bad sign or not, but he certainly has got everybody fired up. Barry Trammell of the Oklahoman joins us talking Oklahoma football, talking Nebraska football. I mean, the teams play on Saturday at 11 a.m. And we're going to – now, let's just stay on the game, Barry. Dylan Gabriel is the Oklahoma quarterback. Dylan Gabriel has been, I would say, to correct me if I'm wrong, good, not great. What what is What are we going to see at quarterback for Oklahoma, Barry? Well, he's been incredibly efficient. He's well up over 70%. His, his running has not really come into play. I don't know if they're keeping the, keeping the uh, brakes on him because they don't like the depth or they just think it's best to not run him until they have to. I don't know. You know so uh, that's the thing that I've been sort of waiting for is that breakout uh, scramble stuff. Um, he's not a big guy. I was stunned when I first was around him. Yeah, he's about five foot eleven. Okay, okay, and you know, now that doesn't worry Oklahomans because Kyler Murray was five nine and three quarters, and Baker Mayfield right. was about six foot tall, so they don't okay. really care. But he's not going to fling the ball with ease over a big defensive line, so that's something you got to worry about. Um, but he's clearly an effective passer delivers the ball on target, knows this offense. He played it with Jeff Levy, the coordinator, together at Central Florida. So he's uh, they were very fortunate to come up with a Jeff Levy when you lose Caleb Williams in the portal. They were very fortunate. So I think uh, he's going to be fine, but um, but he is not. He's, he's not quite as dynamic as, say, the that, that trio of, of – Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and, J- uh, and Jalen Hurts. Barry, right now, if you had to assess, Oklahoma's against ranked sixth in the country, two and zero, good start so far. What's the weakness right now for the team? Is there a weakness that Nebraska could potentially attack tomorrow? Um, the offensive line has just gradually been going down mm-hmm. over the last two or three mm-hmm. years. Haven't been running the ball as great as they could. Now they find pockets in games where they do it. But this is not the offensive line that OU sort of built its brand on uh, in the early days of Lincoln Riley. We'll see if if it can sort of round into gear. I don't know. But uh, I'm not convinced that OU can run the ball the way it wants to. And uh, I think the uh, secondary is very untested. Um, that's sort of been true for a long time also. So those are the two. I think OU's defensive front's really good. Uh, it's going to be hard to run on them. They'll get a pretty good pass rush. Brent Venables hadn't unleashed much blitzes. Uh, I assume he's coming after Casey Thompson on Saturday. So um, the secondary needs to hold up, and, and we'll see how that old line does. Barry, how long have you been at the Oklahoman? I've been at the Oklahoman 31 years. I was at the Norman Transcript for 13 years before that. Okay. Now, are you feeling nostalgic right now? Do you feel nostalgic? Steve? Just talking to you has made me feel nostalgic. I talked to Tom Chattel earlier in the week. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I talked to Switzer and Osborne yeah. within about 10 minutes of each other on uh, Tuesday, I think it was. Okay. I'm getting way more nostalgic than most people. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Now, some of my, my some of my nostalgia is uh, not excitement, a lot of it's sadness. 
Okay. I'm sad that the, okay. this game's in September and not November. I'm sad that that Nebraska's in the Big Ten and OU's going to the SEC. Okay. I'm sad that, you know, the Nebraska fired their coach on Sunday mm-hmm. with good reason. not saying they shouldn't have. I'm sad that, you know, nothing's as it used to be. I'm sad that team's probably going to combine for 115 passes on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> There's a whole lot about it that makes me sad. I'm still sort of fired, but no doubt I'm fired up to be back in Lincoln. I hadn't been to Lincoln in 13 years. You're, you'll see a full stadium, Barry. You're going to see a full I, I, stadium. There, I, I understand there'll be a few things that have the same. I asked Osborne, I said, what's the same? And he said, well, the fans are the same. And, you know, I know they still line the, uh, underneath the uh, the concourse and cheer for the other team. And I know you're going to be treated well. And I know that um, the uniforms are going to look pretty close to the same. Um, some bring their own balloons. Some traditions you can't you can't kill. But um, yeah, it's, it's I'm so it's it's an I'm looking incredibly forward to it. Clearly a nostalgic game, but I'm. Uh, I'm, I'm both excited and a little sad. Barry, they, Nebraska. Another thing that might look the same to you. Nebraska got a couple good running backs, like they 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 had back when you were covering Nebraska. Yeah, Grant is uh, seems very seems very um, uh, promising. I got a dose, big dose of nostalgia when I was talking to Switzer. He's uh, you know he's headed up yesterday i think i can't remember what day he's coming up but one of the guys that's been dealing with him and helping him plan all his events all that stuff mm-hmm. is uh, the son of tony davis for crying oh, out josh loud. davis josh, yeah. uh, josh so i haven't davis. heard tony davis name in years and you know i can i can't get them in order but i can name nebraska tailbacks going back about 50 years from you know, not just the I am hip Jarvis Redwine crowd, the names you can't forget, but, mm-hmm. you know, and, or Jeff Kenny, who no one will ever forget, but, mm-hmm. you know, Bill Olds and, Jeez. and uh, yeah. you know, that crowd. So, Boy. Um, so that'll be fun to see. It'll be fun to see the Huskers in that white helmet with the yep. red in and, and all those things. That, that it, it's going to be fun. And I actually, like I said, I think it's going to be a good game, um, even if it doesn't feel like it used to. Oh, God bless well, you, Barry. Well, Barry, enjoy the trip. Uh, thank you for the time this morning. We will chat with you again down the road. Appreciate the time. Hey, you bet. Uh, good luck to the Huskers. Thank you, Barry, thank and you. thank you for taking time. We really appreciate Great that. You bet. Barry Trammell of the Oklahoman. Really good stuff there. Wow. Wow. Enjoyable. Really interesting. Boy, that's the prevailing sentiment is this is close yeah, game. That's what Barry thinks, at least. I, I think that, too. Yeah. Nebraska, as Barry said, have you watched in the last couple years? All they play is close games. Yeah, They lose a lot of them, most of them, but they play close. And Oklahoma played a bunch of close games last year. They just year. found a way to win. Yeah. With a different head coach back then. Yeah, Different coach. Lee Sterling at Paramount Sports is next on Early Break on the Ticket. <laughs>